This is Dillis. Hello there, this is Jacob Minang. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk podcast. And this week is week two of the couples devotional program that we're running based on my book, Fighting the Good Fight. And before we go on, Jacob is going to lead us in a word of prayer. Let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt shall renew, renew the face, the face of, the of the earth. O Lord, Lord who by the light of the, light of the Holy Spirit, did instruct the hearts of the faithful, rendered by the same spirit, spirit may be truly wise, and never rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So today we are going to be reading from chapter two of um, the book, Fighting the Good Fight. And the title of today's reading is Authority. Jacob, take it away. Chapter two, Authority, Scripture Passage. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, verse 26 to 28. In the secret union of marriage, husbands hold a role of profound significance. This role, often misconstrued in today's world, is not about dominance or control, but is a divine representation of God within the family unit. Just as the Holy Trinity is a three-in-one entity, the family is also designed to function as a three-in-one unit. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can be likened to the husband, wife, and child. In this divine parallel, you, the husband, are likened to the father. This is the foundation from which you derive your authority. Romans 13 verse 1 reminds us, everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. This isn't just a statement, it's a responsibility. It underscores that your role as the head of the family is not self-assumed but divinely appointed. And as Jesus proclaimed in John 19 verse 11, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Husbands should exercise this divine authority with wisdom, reverence, and above all, love, because it has been given to them by God above for the purpose of his glory. But what does it truly mean to have authority? The essence of authority bestowed upon you is not to dominate, but to serve. Matthew 20, verse 26 to 28 tells us that greatness is achieved through service. Jesus himself did not come to be served, but to serve. In today's fast-paced world, where individual achievements and personal gains often take precedence, this message is more relevant than ever. Your authority in the family is a call to selflessness to prioritize the well-being and growth of your wife and children above your own. Moreover, in Matthew 18, 2 verse 4, Jesus uses a child as a symbol of humility. To truly lead, one must embody the innocence and humility of a child. This humility, combined with service, is the cornerstone of true authority. In a world filled with changing gender rules and evolving family dynamics, it's essential to remember that your authority is not about asserting power, 
but about laying down one's life for the well-being and growth of the other. In the intricate dance of marriage, laying down one's life in service to one's wife and family doesn't necessarily mean making grand, life-altering sacrifices. More often, it's found in the daily acts of selflessness and consideration. It's in the moments when a husband chooses to listen intently to his wife's concerns instead of immersing himself in distractions. It's when he takes over the household chores, recognizing that his wife is exhausted, or when he prioritizes family time over personal leisure. These seemingly small gestures, when accumulated, paint a picture of a husband who consistently places his family's needs above his own, embodying the essence of true service and authority. Furthermore, laying down one's life is also about emotional and spiritual sacrifice. It's about being vulnerable, admitting mistakes, and seeking forgiveness when necessary. It's the willingness to engage in difficult conversations, to grow and change for the betterment of the relationship. Spiritually, it means leading the family in faith, praying together, and ensuring that the, ensuring that the household is a place where God's presence is felt and honored. By consistently striving to serve his wife and family in these ways, a husband not only strengthens the bonds of love and trust, but also sets a powerful example for his children, teaching them the true meaning of authority as a service. When authority is exercised with love, humility, and a servant's heart, it transforms the dynamics of a marriage. Instead of authority being a tool of dominance or control, it becomes a protective and nurturing force. In such an environment, a wife doesn't feel the need to guard herself or be on the defensive. Instead, she feels cherished, valued, and understood. This sense of security and affirmation makes it easier for her to trust and submit to her husband's leadership. It's not about a hierarchy of power, but a mutual respect where both partners recognize and value each other's rules. When a husband leads with genuine love and selflessness, it creates a safe space for open communication, understanding, and deep emotional connection, allowing the marriage to flourish in human unity and purpose. The profound act of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples on John 13, verse 12 to 15, is a powerful testament to the essence of true leadership and authority. In a world where leaders often seek to be served, Jesus, the ultimate authority, chose to serve. His actions were not just a humble gesture, but a profound lesson for all of us. He challenges the traditional notions of power and leadership, emphasizing that true greatness lies in serving others. In the context of your marriage, this lesson holds significant weight. As husbands, you are called to be the authority in your families. It's crucial to remember that this authority is not a license to dominate, but a responsibility to serve. Just as Jesus took on the role of a servant to his disciples, you are called to serve your wives and families with the same humility and love. It's a reminder that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven are those who place others above themselves, serving with a selfless heart. As a husband, let this act of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples be a constant reminder of the kind of love, humility, and service that should permeate your marriage. In every decision, in every action, and in every word, seek to serve your family selflessly. For in doing so, you not only honor God, but also follow the divine example set by Jesus, embodying the true essence of marital authority and love. Reflection question. Considering the divine parallel of the Holy Trinity to the family unit, in what ways can you, as a husband, embody the selfless love and service of the father in your marriage? And as a wife, how can you support and uplift your husband in his role 
ensuring that the essence of true authority is realized in your union. Action step for the week. Set aside a dedicated time this week for open communication. Discuss the ways in which you both feel cherished and valued in the marriage. Identify areas where you can serve each other better and make a conscious effort to implement these acts of service in your daily lives. Remember, it's often the small, consistent gestures that make the most significant impact. Thank you, Jacob. This chapter flows from the chapter of love, last week's chapter. Yeah, the last week's chapter that introduced the concept of a husband and wife submitting to each other by prefacing with how the husband submits through love. Yeah, and, and I think that it goes on to talk about authority because it is hard for a husband to realize how much love he is called to give in the context of him being the head of the household. So that's what informs the conversation about authority between the two, right? I don't know how you got the inspiration to, to introduce the book with the chapter on submission with love instead of starting with authority, because people could easily have misunderstood that. And so when you come in and then talk about authority for the man, it, it's, at least for me as a guy, it becomes easier for me to understand what authority I'm talking. you're talking about, given the fact that it has to be flowing from love. This chapter is a very packed chapter because authority is something that once you hear it, for me as a wife, it just makes my skin crawl, right? Because it, I hear somebody that is there to suppress, somebody that is there to, to tell me what to do, what not to do, you know. And, that, and I guess that's derived from your images of what the world shows as leadership, as right? As leadership, yeah. The, the kings yeah. of the world, the presidents, the dictatorship, yeah. Yeah. the class prefect, yeah. the school prefect, uh, where people tend to use those positions as an opportunity to dominate, to show how they're better of the, the hierarchy of society. Yeah. But if you understand authority then from the perspective of the Christian faith, just like we started last week with telling the men what they are calling to submit is meant for them to do by using love, their acts of love. If you understand authority in that, then you see that the authority that Jesus teaches, just like the love that Jesus taught, the authority that Jesus teaches is a seventh authority. Yeah, and it's probably easier if you have read the first chapter that we went through last week and you were able to listen to last week's podcast where Delis was able to boil down the essence, the essence of that chapter into four cardinal points, then it becomes easy for you now to understand the seven authority concept. And I, I can quickly go back to those four cardinal points as a good student. Delis pointed out that a, a, a husband that is submissive by love, he recognizes that there's a certain unity in his marriage. And the unity comes from him seeing his wife as his own body. And whatever degree of care that you're going to provide to yourself, you should be able to provide that level of care to your wife because you're going to love your wife as your own body, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next thing that flowed from there was the concept of selflessness, selflessness. okay? Yeah. So being selfless and looking at the other person. And the third concept that came from there was the virtue of humility, humility. that goes and with gentleness. gentleness. Okay. And then the last and most important thing was virtue of grace, being able to be graceful in love, which means that grace. underlining the fact that grace here is what you're referring to as undeserved favor, right? Unmerited favor, which means taking care of your wife, even in instances where they don't deserve it, 
And so if you have those four cardinal themes and you could leave from the first chapter, Submission of Love with those four cardinal themes, it's easy then to understand the Christ depictions and all the, all the different biblical verses of servant leadership, where Christ points out that if you want to be one of the leaders, then you have to be like children. And the humility then is that the cardinal point, the humility of a child is what you have to bring into leadership. And so you get less excited about leadership if you were looking for leadership of dominance. And you'll be more humble about leadership of being a head of a household because of the shared responsibility that comes with that leadership. So in that recap, I think let's focus a little bit then on what authority now calls for, because a certain mindset is needed for authority. And the best way I could know how to really put that mindset was equating the trinity that we see in the divine to the trinity you see in the creation of the family so god was very intentional about creating a three-unit family versus the three unit of father son and holy spirit right so you have the three unit of husband wife and child so for and a second there when when you're reading and you're talking about the trinity i actually thought for a second i thought you were going to, going to talk about the triangle of marriage where where the third person there is god, god. but i realize you're trying to describe a slightly different context concept which even a family that's not breast with children probably the easiest way to understand this concept is realizing that part of the found fundamentals of a christian marriage is knowing that your relationship is open to procreation mm-hmm. so you should be functioning with a mindset of having children so, and knowing that part of your authority is providing nurturing and education for that child so with or without that, a child in that relationship, that, go ahead, yeah because even that i think that there's no family that's not blessed with children you might not be blessed with the one that you can call your biological one right but every family is blessed with children, right? Um, they just come from different ways. It can be adopted. It can be a, a sister's child that is part of your life. Uh, every single family. Yeah, so you get into marriage already with that mindset. That I, I, that I was just going to step about learning with that mindset where you realize that the, your marriage is open to procreation. And if you're going to be the head of this household, part of it that requires nurturing and education and training for the training for the next generation, mm-hmm. then be it your biological child or sister child or any other child that comes to your life, you already have the right mindset for authority. Yeah. So and then selfless and not selfish. Yes. Yeah. So understanding that you're in a three, you're in a trinity, uh, born father, son, and Holy Spirit, like husband, husband wife, wife, and, wife child. and child. Yeah. That's where your authority comes from because you clearly can see that there is uh, a, a further authority that you're given to be able to protect, to be able to serve, to be able to to guide that family that you're given. And I often go back to that conversation with God in the garden with Adam and Eve, right? God has this whole monologue with Adam first. I'm sure God already knows what has happened to these two people when he's coming to that garden, but he has this whole monologue with Adam first. And he knew, and he and God knew who knew who got got the fruit first and went and gave it to who. But it's <laughs> as if God was was, was intentionally ignoring the woman <gasps> during that interaction with the man because, because at the end of the day, again, you're, you're the one he that had given instructions to, yeah, to the man. Right? His instructions were very clear to the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the woman was just there. The woman had come and gotten instructions from the man god had given the instructions and the authority to the man and the woman had just come and heard from the man that these were our instructions so haven't heard directly from god 
I think God was was asking him, what happened to, we had this conversation, we had this. And I think man has always had that authority from that being. So recognizing as a husband in the household that your authority is given from God. And then the question is, why did God give you that authority, right? Because did he just give it to you so that you could lord it over people? No. I think that it should also be very clear that God did not just give you authority over your wife and your son and your children. God gave you, the Bible says, dominion over the world, right? Even over the, the animals, even everything, God gave you authority over it all. So I think your authority is not just limited to your household. You have authority over everything that God created in this world. But why did God give you that authority? And I think it's one of the things that when you understand, it also helps to shape the way you exert this authority. God gave you this authority for his glory, right? Everything you do with this authority. Is that that takes us back to the mission, to right? That takes yeah. us back to the mission, which you described very vividly in the intro before the, the intro. first chapter. Yeah. So it's really for his glory. So everything you do with this authority, you're supposed to glorify God with it. And then the question becomes, how do you glorify, glorify God in your marriage with this authority? I don't think that anybody in this world thinks you can glorify God by overshadowing your, your wife, by being abusive towards your wife, by being um, hard and difficult towards By reneging your, your basic responsibilities yeah. as the head of a nobody, household. Nobody thinks that. You, the only way you glorify God is by being closer to God. It's through your acts of love that show them, that truly can show your family that you see how I love you. God loves you just like this and even more right? Because that's what we're called to do. In this mindset of, I am here for my authority to be exerted, to bring glory to God, you have to also now start talking about how do you accept this authority? authority so before we go to that, service. I'm hearing two two themes actually, which maybe sometimes is not obvious. Some, some men actually even get into minor realizing what authority they have and their primary role as head of household. You just think, oh, I'm getting married to this woman. We're going to share responsibilities and all of that. And that's how come they end up shirking their responsibility. And, and that's a very important part for the person to, for the man to first order to understand, get it going in that you are head of household, you have authority. And then the question is, what are the responsibilities that come with this? Okay. And then before the second question, wait, wait, then the second part of, of, of the people that think they know that they are head of household, they have authority, then are they viewing the authority the way it should actually be viewed? And not a proportion of dominant, especially depending on the culture, where where the assumption is, if it's a, a patriarchal culture, the man just feels like, oh, I'm a man, I'm a man. I'm a, so it's it, all, all, all is about being a man, being macho, and then that thinking that some things are beneath you, because you're missing that third element they clearly pointed out in your summation of the first chapter, which is the element of humility, right? So let's go back to you yeah. first, the first point the you first made, part, and yeah. I think that that's really important to make that part because yet some men come in and they don't even know that they have that authority so they come they're in, in a position in, of leadership in this ship yeah, yeah they, they come in thinking this is supposed to be a thing where she has authority i have authority and we're she does both. her thing i do my thing yes yes mm -hmm. and and so that that's it and i think that that in the context where a lot of men miss the boat because your authority 
right? And this is also, I, I think let's, let's go back and understand that this is always common in men that view their purpose as the reason why they're here, right? When they have failed to understand their mission for being here and they're, they're mixing up their purpose and their mission, exactly. they start thinking that authority is that which a woman has has, a man has has, and all I need from this woman is money to pay the rent, and we have to share the the bills equally, and we have to do all this. All of those are just a purpose, right? But realizing as a man that you have authority in your house, and your authority is connected to your mission. Your authority is meant for you to fulfill that mission, right? It's not about the material things that you're there to bring or the material things that you're there to control, right? Because your wife is also bringing material things. It's not about that. Your authority is tied to the mission. That so you have to drive the vision that leads you, yeah. you as a family unit towards the towards mission, that mission, which is completely yeah. connected to God. Exactly. And if you truly understand that, then you would see that this is not about an equality of assets and equality of what I bring or you looking to to establish yourself in some way in your career or in your life that has left out your family or your wife. So, out in the so, and so all of those things are important. I would suspect that you're getting there, but they're not the ultimate goal. The, the ultimate goal is unity with God. But all of those things are more part of the purpose, the day-to-day -day things, being yeah, able to leave. The purpose that makes you able right. to fulfill your mission. Absolutely. The purpose that it makes you able to fulfill that mission. And so we go to the second part of the people you talk about, right? They, they're the men that, that think that they have authority, but they think that they're there to exert their authority, right? They think that my authority is one which I have to bring control in my house. And again, the missing, the missing link there is them not understanding what their mission is. Because right. your authority is linked to your mission. I can't say it. Yeah, it's, it flows from the mission. Yes. And then, then, then your understanding of submission with love would inform would your exercise inform of your authority. Exercise of authority, yes. And so if you if you're coming in thinking I'm coming to dominate, I'm gonna be the one that knows what is in the account and you don't have to have an account you don't have to have money you don't have to have a say in this house i'm the only one that can tell you what to do and what not to do then you've totally missed that that piece of your mission which is through your selfless acts of love to be able to bring your family your wife your children and, and with such God. a mindset you actually lose more because then your wife becomes a past passive uh, uh participant oh, yeah. in your marriage yeah. and at the end of the day uh, the, the loss becomes that of the entire family unit yes uh, yes you you really truly lose a lot more because the bible says that he that finds a wife finds favor, finds favor from, and that favor from doesn't just drop from the sky that favor is within your wife yeah it's it's, it's, it's making it's maximizing the potential of your wife that's yeah. how you end up getting that favor that favor yes and it comes so, through the way you exercise your your leadership your leadership and, your authority. and authority yes yes so now we start talking about how can you exercise this and this is where we talk of authority as a service and you look at the example of the way christ came and showed himself here he was here to serve he had all the authority he could have come as a king as the, right? as the jews were expecting exactly he came as a common yeah. guy born in a manger and, sh and demonstrated to his disciples the washing of the feet 
yes. welcoming of the of the, of the of little children. Yes, he, he demonstrated service, service in everything, service in the way he went to people's houses, even people that did not deserve him coming to their houses, right? He went there in service to them. He went to heal the sick. He, he drove out demons. He was all about serving the people, right? And that's what his authority is. And that's what your authority as a husband is. Your, uh, your authority is only seen in service. That's why we're calling it authority to service. And you can only serve with a humble heart, with a heart of humility. And that's why we say the humility and the love go together. If you don't have that humble heart, you cannot love. And it's in your acts of love that you serve and it's in it's and it's through that service that you exert your authority in your home that you're able to get your wife to say oh i need to listen and I, I can respect right we're going to talk next week more about submission with Regrets. respect which is really targeted towards the wife so i can i might only imagine the list if if and if any man reads the this first two chapters and, and is leaving it. And any woman lives in a household where a man is actually uh, uh, living by, by the lessons that you've highlighted in this first two chapters, then your third chapter becomes a no-brainer. Uh, so respect. The man's going to yes. get so much respect, they will not even know what the vision is overflowing. Yes. And, and you so, know, I, I have to say, even though when I say it, you, you say I shouldn't make you the subject of this, but truly, I didn't just get this from out of the blue, right? I remember writing this and the spirit bringing to me moments in our lives where you have been able to, to exert your authority with service within our family. I mean, you do it on a day to day, week to week, day to day. You bring that service into it and you have been able to show love through those acts of services that you do. And it's so easy for me to, 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 to give you that respect, it's so easy for me to, to say, this is Jacob's piece and he is taking care of it and I don't have to bother, right? One of the real things that when I was writing this, this chapter, the chapter on love and authority that the spirit kept bringing to me is how we handled our finances at home. And a lot of people would say, no, no, no. Uh, joint account, it does not work. It doesn't work. Don't do that. But I think for the life, for our lifetime in marriage, we've had a joint account. And I don't, I, I, I don't, sometimes I don't even remember the password to get into that joint account. Because out of respect for you, I, I know you, you're using that joint account to exert your authority to service. And how are you paying the lights? You're making sure our mortgages are paid. You're making sure our bills are paid. You're making sure we have food in the house. So I, there's absolutely no reason for me to try to disrespect you by trying to take that piece away or by saying, oh, we need, I need to, to have control over this, this piece in our life, you know. And those were some of the things that as I wrote this chapter, it became evidence to me. So I really, really wrote more out of my understanding of how much you have shown love and you have exerted your authority through service within our house. And so it was so easy for me to 
to show you respect in all the ways that you demand within our household or in all the ways that is called for within our household, which makes our marriage now something that we're able to 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 enjoy and to love each other through. Right. So so on that very high note of positive flooding from my wife, I think we're gonna close out here uh, with a prayer, borrowing the prayer at the end of this chapter. Uh, and then we'll, we'll meet you guys on Thursday on the live chat where we review this chapter. Hopefully we're gonna have a couple join us on Thursday. So let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you with gratitude for the sacred bond of marriage that you have blessed us with. Guide us in understanding the true essence of authority not as a means to dominate, but as a call to serve selflessly. May our union always reflect your divine love, humility, and service. Strengthen our bond, Lord, and help us to always prioritize each other's well-being and growth. As we journey through life together, may we continually turn to you for guidance, drawing strength from your word and your promises. Bless our family, and may our home always be a place where your love and presence are felt and understood and honored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jacob. And thank you all for listening to us. And uh, take the time to subscribe to our channel, like and share it with whoever you think this podcast could bless. We look forward to talking to you all on Thursday. Let's talk about love.